This is for the free thinkers, the curious beings that swim upstream, who see possibilities, not problems, that learn from the past, live by the present, and create the future. This is the I Love Ugly Audio Show. Welcome to the I Love Ugly Audio Show. I'm your host, Valenti Nozic, the founder and creative director of I Love Ugly. Now, as you know, the ones that are the long-time listeners, it's been a while since we've released a podcast. So today we thought we'd switch it up and do it a little bit differently. So today I'm going to sit down with Declan, our brand manager, and we're going to go through what we've been up to for the last year and a half, as well as answer some of the great questions from some of our most loyal fans, which you guys posted and asked about on our Instagram recently. So enjoy the episode. I had a lot of fun. Good to be back and looking forward to getting the ball rolling again for the rest of the year. Sup, V? Yo, Declan. <laughs> it's good to see you, bro. You too, man. You too. It's good to have you back. It's been, been, been a while, eh, since we've done this. Yeah. Well, first time for you. First time you, for me. You nervous? A little bit. <laughs> Not going to lie. Yeah. Only, what, 50,000 people listening to this? Only. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe more, 100,000. 100,000? Yeah. I'll take that. Yeah. Um, it's good to have, a, have you back, bro. Uh, I know you took a bit of a week, just a bit of a thinking week. Um, just take some time, reflect, goal set a bit. Um, what have you been up to during that? Yeah, I, um, it's been a, for me in my personal life, been a bit of a wild ride. Just had a few, few things happen, you know. In life you have some of those monumental shifts or events that happen and they kind of uh, shake you up a little bit, you know, and for all sure. these kind of tools and skills and everything that I've been preaching in the last however many years I had to really kind of implement into my own life so I decided um, a couple weeks ago that I was just going to take a week off and just basically call it a thinking week and just like a reset week and basically what I did is I got a whole stack of books spiritual relationship health mental all like basically everything and, um, and I just read for basically six to eight hours a day, read, journaled, meditated, wow. went for walks and wow. just had a complete reset. And I think I just wanted to come in almost like, you know, we're already in June. I just wanted to start the year with a whole bunch of fresh and new perspectives. Yep. Yep. And um, the perspective that I had six months ago got me to the point where I was at now, but I felt that I needed needed more. Yep. And I've always had this insatiable hunger to you know to 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 seek out new answers and new yep. perspectives and i just i just wanted more and um for that particular event i don't really want to speak about it yet but what happened to me it was um you know it was huge mm. and it affected me personally and it kind of shook things up for me just in my uh for i love ugly and 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 and, and that world and um i just wanted to basically like re look at it with a brand new lens and a new yep. and a new view and um that thinking week gave me that opportunity to do so. And at the same time, I came out of it with this new insatiable hunger to to start doing this stuff again. Like podcast mm. has been on the back burner for nearly, what, two two years, two yeah. and a half years? December 2020. Yeah, that was the last one, right? Yeah. Yeah. And we've had a lot of people since then DM, DM me personally, DM the, you know, the I Love Ugly Instagram page and customer yep. service. And when I get these messages of people saying, oh man, your perspective or this particular podcast or this interview or this article changed my life like I think that's a that's 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 a reason for me to do it even if I don't feel like it yeah I think all the good things in life you need to do and often you don't feel like it and that's Mm. why you need to do it yeah you know what I mean because it's easy not to do it because you don't feel like it so yeah so that's basically that was my week um did that a couple weeks ago 
Um, I feel amazing today. Mm. I feel like I, I feel the effects of it. So I'd recommend anybody and everybody, even if it's even if you can't carve out a week, if I can, you can. Yeah. Uh, I got three children and you know, <laughs> big business. Um, carve it out. Just yeah. book it in and pencil it in. Um, even if you can't do a week, do two days, three days, and yeah. just get a whole bunch of books that really, you know, thought-provoking books that just really um, stimulate your mind and your thinking. I mm -hmm. think that you're never going to regret it. Yeah. And it'll, um, if you're feeling a little bit off kilter, it'll put you on that kind of the right trajectory of where you need to go. 100%. You know, I do notice every now and then you'll take a week or a few days off to do that kind of thinking and reflecting and you'll always come back rejuvenated, a lot more animated and a lot more passionate about the brand and the work. And it's, it's like you make these strides each time. But most recently, you brought up the point that you just had the time to be bored and just the importance of getting a little bit bored. Mm. Um, would you like to kind of just touch on that in an age where we have so many things keeping us busy and keeping us from being bored? For sure, it's true, bro. Like we're, um, we're such a stimulated, overstimulated society where we're constantly distracted with beeps and notifications and texts and ringtones yeah. and likes and emails and people and whatnot yeah. and um and i think that every time you become distracted or every time you hear that little beep on your phone mm. that's like a little bit of dopamine being released in your brain and i think that when you have too much of that too much dopamine released you you're you're just overstimulated you're on sensory overload and i wanted to basically just eliminate all that mm. and i just wanted to be still and be with myself and um and when i did that i was like fuck i'm 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 kind of bored like yeah, i've got yeah. nothing to do <laughs> but then naturally i wanted to go on my phone and get that dopamine release because you know and it made me realize i was i was addicted and yeah. i think we all are addicted yeah and i think if you look at the statistics on your phone you just open up your iphone and you look at your screen time i think people will be both shocked and horrified it's scary yeah. scary like you can easily rack up six hours eight hours of screen time mm -hmm. doing what like nothing productive, nothing stimulating, yep. just just dopamine hits. Yeah. And um and I wanted to basically reverse that. So um so I basically turned it all off. I shut it off. I tried as much as I could shut myself out from the outside world. Yeah. And uh and I got bored quickly. But yep. then it was quite nice because I was sitting in that boredom, mm. and it basically once I was bored, I started to actually focus on things that maybe I was I was disguising or covering up with all these dopamine hits that's it and that's when all that real internal growth started to happen i yeah. had to go deep and you know rip out and confront some demons that maybe i was uh, i was putting to the side so yeah being bored is is great yeah you know? i and i always tell my kids when they say they're bored i just tell them that you're boring <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> you know just just uh man it's like and it's okay to be bored yeah yeah i think we're just way too overstimulated yeah yeah i agree you also often talk about how you will go and delete Instagram for a period. Yeah. Um, how often do you do that and how long is it for? Yeah, I do that all the time. So I'll go, I kind of call it like a, almost like a, so I often do like an information detox yep. where I just stop consuming information. I let the information that I have consumed really settle in and really mm. click in my brain and understand. Uh, for Instagram and social media in general, like those apps are designed to make us hooked and to yep. stay on there as long as possible and just indulge in other people's lives. And the thing is, is like when you're indulging in someone else's life, you're taking away the focus from your own life. Mm. And I think it's important to delete yourself from that, eliminate yourself from that. So I often do it. I don't have any exact method, 
yep. but I know when I need to do it. And yep. the reason I know is because I actually start to feel like I get the blues a little bit. I'm mm. starting to compare myself to others. And that's like one of the worst things that you can do is comparing yourself to somebody else's life that they've conveyed on Instagram, yep. which is completely fabricated. Yep. Um, and it just starts making you question a lot of things. Yep. But the thing is, is that's all, it's all kind of, it's all bullshit. Yep. You know what I mean? The only person you should be comparing yourself against is yourself, not yep. others, and especially not someone on Instagram yep. where they spend four hours to take a f the perfect photo. Or yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's funny because we all know this on an intellectual level, but then it's always the emotional level where we get sucked in and Definitely. you just start to forget that. Absolutely, man. And the thing is, is like, that's why it's so important to, to grab hold of your emotions. Because yep. if, you let, if, you, if, you, if you let your emotions dictate the decisions you make in your life, you're going to for, forever be at the mercy of your emotions. Yep. And that is not really going to play out for you, especially when those emotions are, are bad emotions. Uh -huh. Like anxiety or franticness or erraticness like yeah. or um, overwhelm like you know or sadness like mm. which are somewhat normal emotions but if you're if the whole narrative of your life is you know dictated dictated by yeah. those emotions then it's going to be uh it's going to be a pretty shit, shit yeah. life it's going to be a wild ride yeah bumping and you're journey. not gonna you're not gonna achieve much no, as well no yeah. of course not um so just talking about that and the importance of kind of diving within oneself I'd love to put into context the last year and a half for the brand as a whole, just to make sure people are up to date with what we're up to, where we're going. And um, yeah, I think, I think a big theme of that is reflecting on ourselves as a business and focusing on the important things and not the flashy things. Uh, do you mind if we kind of go back to the start of 21, 2021, where we started really just focusing and scaling the business? Yeah, for sure. It's been, um, it's been crazy, man, like the last two years, like for, for, for everybody. Uh, you know, COVID, lockdowns, these pressures that we've never had before. Mm. You know, we're spending more time with, you know, family than, yeah. than, than it's probably natural that we've ever had to in our entire lives. Uh, you're working remotely. And I think that so much of communication is, is body language and just being in proximity, close proximity to people. And a lot of that was eliminated and that was you know, we try to replace that with Zoom and, mm. and phone calls and it's never quite the same. So I think that added a lot of pressure. Um, and then obviously, you know, lockdowns and stores being shut down yep. and, um, you know, people, the way people spend and spend their time really changed a lot. As a business as well, it was quite difficult in the sense where so much, and you know this, you know, being in the, how long you been at I Love Ugly for? A year now. A year, you know, it's it's a vibe, you know, when yep. we're in the office and no, no words need to be spoken, there's just this like energy and this mm. frequency in the building. And you can't replicate that online. It's, it's, mm. it's extremely difficult to, so we lost a lot of that. So a lot of it was, you know, you're trying to, you're trying to step up as a leader or you're trying to have leadership through these unnatural kind of mechanisms mm. and, and, and ways. But at the same time as well, it's like it presented a whole bunch. Everybody had this exact same struggle globally, yep. every company, every business, every individual. So we just had to adapt. And I think that we live in a day and age where it's like the ones that adapt the quickest are the mm. ones that survive and really thrive. And I think that, um, I think that you know, human beings, we're naturally survival creatures. And I think that as a business as well, if you can, if you can really you know, take on board, take on board that way of thinking 
and apply it in a business sense and be like, okay, everybody's experiencing the exact same emotions and frustrations as I am now. Yep. How can we kind of really pivot as a business to make, I don't know, life a little bit more enjoyable or easier or yep. whatnot? So we had to, um, yeah, we had to do a lot of changing and pivoting. We grew a lot. We uh-huh. grew, you know, last year we grew uh, 130% on the last the wow. year before and we grew 100% on the year before, <laughs> which is pretty, you know, without kind of blowing my own trumpet. It's not, it's not me. I'm just part of it. It's yep. the team. It's the team. Um, uh, it's pretty impressive, you know. We're a, Super. We're a 13, 14 year old business for a mature, mature business to grow 130%. It is it is pretty impressive, but obviously, um, you know, with growth comes a whole bunch of other complexities and problems. Like, you know, now you've got you've got more more demands, so therefore you need more people. There's mm-hmm. more protocols that you need to put in place. There's more stock that yeah. you need to order. There's more tastes now yeah. of people what they expect from the brand. You need to cater to that in some 100%. degree. So it presented a whole bunch of challenges. But what I love about growth, and this is what I've always gone on about, is like it forces you to go into those those little pockets of being uncomfortable yeah. and going into the those little zones of the unfamiliar territory. And I think that's where like all the magic lies and where all the growth comes yeah. as an individual and as an organization. And now you've probably seen this as well, bro, like, um, you know, a lot of other opportunities present themselves and you stepped yeah. up from, you know, you were like, you know, in, in the digital team. Mm-hmm. Um, digital what, coordinator advertising to now, advertising yeah. to now you're the, the head of brand yeah you know and I think that that was because um, I think just as an organization we pivoted we grew and yeah. a lot of opportunities within yeah. happened and presented themselves as well so it was uh, yeah it was a it's been a wild ride but um, you know we moved into a into a new building and I think we're at a new level as yeah. a, as not only as a as a company but as a brand yeah and I think the way we're talking and behaving and the conversations that we're having internally and the internal growth that I'm seeing from each individual person is mm. pretty pretty awesome, man. And, you know, I've had many teams over the years and I think this is by far the, the best team that we've had. <laughs> um, just in terms of, like, hunger, uh, there's a nice balance between males and females. <laughs> I think we all, like, really testosterone yeah. driven at one point. Even age, there's a nice balance in age, in age yeah. right now. We've got that young hunger and we've also got that more stable kind of wisdom and yeah. a little bit older. 100%. And I kind of sit wherever in between. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's great, man. It's enjoyable. Yeah, I think it's, it's like, you know, if you can uh, if you can kind of get out of bed and drive to work with a smile on, a f- on your face, I think you're winning in life. And yeah. it's nice to see everybody in the building coming to work with a smile on their face. Yeah, I must say, like, even for me, this is the best team I've ever worked in, the best team environment. Um, I'm definitely happy just to see the people around me each day. Nice. And I think that's just part of how far the brands come as well. Yeah. Just a lot of balance and maturity, but also, like you say, a lot of young hunger coming through the ranks. Totally, bro. You're saying all the right things, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, bro, I'd love to dive into, like, a little bit more of the COVID stuff, but before, before we do that, uh, one of the most I love ugly things I've ever heard was um, how the business actually pivoted at the start of COVID when you guys looked around and saw what every other business is doing and then you did the opposite without diving into strategy too much. Like, would you like to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I've, I've always read it about, you know, I've, I've read a lot of books, business books, audiobiographies, and 
and they say that when you know when the crowd's going one way you got to go the other way you know when the world zigs you got to zag mm. and what happened is the first thing when COVID hit and you know we we're all guilty of this yeah at some point till I actually got got you know, full full um, control on my emotions is you know you you retract. Yeah. So you basically um, you basically try to cut cut costs, cut everything that you can in order to save, you know, save the dollar or survive yeah, or whatever. Exactly. But after I after after like a week or whatever, I was like, hmm, this is pretty interesting. Like the world's not going to melt down. Mm. We're not all dying. Um, nobody nobody's really advertising. Maybe this is a great opportunity to like. Not double down, but triple down on on our advertising <laughs> and triple down on just our exposure because yeah. everybody's at home, everybody's on their phone, on their computer. Let's uh, let's get in front of these people. So we actually ended up tripling our advertising spend, um, which at the time was somewhat ludicrous. Mm. And at the time, one could argue that it was as ludicrous and insanity. <laughs> Crazy. But the thing is, is like we did it and it worked, and I think fortune favors the, the bold. Yeah. And we were pretty bold in that respect. And the yeah. only way we did it, it's always easy to look back retrospectively, and say to yourself, "I should have done that," or "I could have done that," mm. or "That was easy," or you know, someone else did it and it paid off, and you are like, "Oh, that was pretty easy. I could have yeah. done that." It's all good to do that after the fact. But when you're when you're in the, in the middle of a storm, when everything's melting down and everyone emotionally is freaking out it's fucking hard to rise above that and make a rational decision yeah a practical pragmatic decision and when all emotions kick in all rational thinking just is just thrown out the window yeah and um and i think that we had to kind of rise above rise above our emotions think very pragmatically and think mm. okay everyone's on their phone everyone's on their computer let's let's get in front of them and yeah. we did that and it paid off and I think that was the real start of something pretty big yeah. for uh, the growth which we experienced in the last last two two years. Massive head start I think I think it's a perfect example of um, rationality rising above emotions because when your emotions are high that probably seemed like the riskiest move that you could take as a business but looking at the rationale and seeing people are on their phones and computers more than ever right now and no one else is spending money on advertising this yeah. is our time to attack um, I think it really set the tone for the last year and a half, two years. It did. It did indeed. Yeah. Now saying that, um, what do you think was really the hardest part of owning a business in the last two years with COVID, all of that? I think just the uncertainty of yep. it all. Um, it was just, you know, life is problems and business is full of problems. But I think um, there's more problems I've dealt with, had to deal, not me personally, but we had to deal with more problems in the last two years than we mm. ever had in business. It's like, when you think you've got one thing sorted, another problem arises, you know, you finally get, you finally meet the demand and this and that, but then there's like, you know, 12 week delays at the port yeah. for the stock. It's in the country, but the port has been delayed yeah. because someone's got COVID or someone's died or whatever. And it's yeah. like, how do you handle that? How do you, how do you pivot? Yeah. And I think that, in business, you have to be a professional problem solver. Like that's your job, and uh, and you also have to empower people to think creatively as mm. a collective, as opposed to just an, as an individual. And I think when you've got a whole orchestra of people thinking a similar way, thinking creatively, um, asking really good questions, as mm. opposed to, oh man, we're fucked. Yeah, <laughs> it's late. To yeah. how can we use this as an opportunity? What else can we do? Yeah. What is there something that 
we've been possibly neglecting mm. um, that now we're forced to, to fix or yep. forced to add to the mix because we don't have our usual Tuesday, Thursday releases because our stock's delayed, so mm. maybe we have to get creative in other ways. Um, so that was, uh, yeah, uh, to answer your question, that was probably a lot of what we had to had to do. Yep. And the problem-solving piece was, yeah, it was extremely, extremely difficult. And I think that a lot of people broke as a result of it. Yeah, it's like it was, it was, you know, it was, it was tough in mm. every in every sense. And um, believe it or not, like in the first wee while, I did have a little bit of anxiety and whatnot, admittedly. But I just used all my tools and whatnot to <coughs> to overcome all that. And you know, here we are. Yeah, here we are. So, yeah. would you say that COVID really just amplified existing problems that come with business that you have to solve? Yeah, definitely amplified existing. I think it basically weeded out all the week. Yeah. And uh, the ones that were, say, already online type businesses, they could do the pivot quite easily. Yeah. And yeah. I think for us, is we always had an online focus because we always knew it was the way of the future. So we pivoted, you know, pretty pretty quickly. Yeah. And um, and then what what really surprised me was businesses that. Basically, uh, you know, they pivoted online for when COVID hit and when COVID went away or whatever, or the lockdowns were lifted, they went back to their old ways. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then COVID hit again, and you get the second wave, the third wave, and yeah. they're like, ah, oh, fuck, I got to go back. It's like, man, this is an opportunity. Yeah. And, um, and sometimes the hardest times, and when you're struck with a calamity, are the best times to, to invigorate and to innovate. And, um, and we basically used it as an opportunity to really, you know, look within and look at the business model and how can we do things better. Mm. And we haven't really deviated away from that. It's paid off. Yeah, it's paid lockdown, off. Lockdown, no lockdown. We're yeah, we 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 have a same same yeah. beast. Hundred um, percent. Something I heard recently from Gary V, who I'm sure you're familiar with. Yeah. Is he always talks about how he says he's a professional uh, fireman. Yeah. You know, like in terms of a problem solver. Would you say that you put your fireman cap on every day when you come to work and just put out fires? Uh, no, not every day. I think you go through seasons. Yeah. You know, during COVID, you're doing dealing with it quite often. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> in the last, you know, last twelve months, we've really looked at the people, and there's only so much that one individual or a couple people. There's only so much problems or solving problems they can tolerate by mm. themselves, and. I think if you can share a problem uh, amongst other people, you know, that old saying, a problem shared is a problem halved or whatever. Yeah. Um, if you can kind of do that across many people that are very experienced, that are just as passionate about succeeding as you are, um, you don't have to be putting out fires yourself every single day. Yeah. I think, you know, if you can teach a man to fish, he can, he can basically feed himself for a lifetime. If you yeah. give him a fish, you'll feed him for a day. And I think we just got to teach more people how to fish. Yeah. We're going to need to teach more people how to put out fires and think creatively. Because mm. all, all problem solving is, is creative thinking. Yeah. It's not necessarily a problem, quote unquote, as such. It's just a, it's an opportunity to think creatively. Yeah. And being creative is actually quite difficult because you have to step out of your comfort zone. And mm. a lot of people avoid that. So I, I actually, as much as I don't like it at the time, every problem that I've encountered in my life, both personal and for business, has been the greatest gift, retrospectively. Yeah. At the time, it sucks. Yeah. Because it's hard, it's uncomfortable, you gotta grow, you gotta think, and um, people don't like to think, thinking's difficult. Mm. And it can also be, you know, Hitler, who's probably not the greatest example, but 
he said he had a famous quote that what a treasure to man what a treasure to leaders that men don't think <laughs> and he was like the master manipulator yeah and he basically just fought and had a vision and he used it in a completely negative way but i guess what his point is is like a lot of people don't think yeah and um problem solving forces you to think so therefore i think it's a good thing yeah yeah no problem solving just seems like an essential skill to have as an entrepreneur a business owner just someone of that status um, and that's exactly it man it's a skill and like any skill it's very difficult to begin with but you just you learn yeah. you learn how to do it and then your threshold of control and capability only expands the more problems that you solve and then that's why you know people that are paid ceos that are paid tens of millions of dollars mm. the reason i paid tens of millions of dollars is because they know how to solve bigger problems because yeah. they've been solving small problems a long way and as they develop and get more experience they learn how to develop you know how to solve bigger problems and yeah. bigger problems and you know you'll pay a lot of money for someone to solve big problems yeah and so they should so um you say you've hired kind of just a great team who knows how to put out fires themselves i know i've experienced massive growth on the team since i've been here in these 12 months alone i have 11 new team team members with me wow um <laughs> just in the head office purely thanks to scale um, do you think that comes with its own challenges? 100%. Like, it's so much easier when you've got a team of two or a yeah. team of five. Yeah. Um, but when you've got a team of how many people now? 35? Easily. 40? Yeah. Yeah, 40 yeah. people? Yeah. That's a complete different beast. You can't, you can't do everything. Everybody is basically, um, everybody's got different motives. Some mm. people are driven by money. Some people are driven by title. Mm. Some people were driven by personal growth. Some people were driven by rah 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 you yep. know? And you've got to figure out what motivates each individual person. And you also got to figure out what are you actually trying to achieve as a company? Mm. Because people, people basically, you know, you can pay them a lot of money and it will get them out of bed, but eventually that will start to taper off as well. Yeah. Um, and you want to you wanna give people a reason to get out of bed and get to work with mm. that smile on their face. I think it's usually beyond money and beyond sales targets and things like that. It's like a, it's a strong, compelling vision that people won't get anywhere else. And I yep. think that um, that's been a real, a real challenge, you know, getting people on board. But I think culture is such an important thing. And I think culture begins internally. If you can't, you know, as a leader or as an individual, if you don't get up and get your own personal life and personal house in order, there's no way in how that you're gonna get a whole team of 40 people yeah. you know, on the same wavelength as you. And I'm not saying it's me, I'm saying it's just like, yeah, I'm part of it and I'm the founder or whatever. Um, but the thing is, is like, I think you know, people do look to me because I'm here every day and whatnot mm. and the way I conduct myself, even if I've got a lot, of, a lot of shit going on in my personal life, I still need to basically come to work and I need to you know, convey this, like, you know, this, this mood and this emotion mm. that people vibe off. And it's that whole frequency thing as well. Like if I come in with my shoulders slumped and, you know, I've got crust in my eyes and <laughs> I'm all slouchy and I've had this yeah. sugar-filled breakfast and my energy sucks, like people are going to vibe off that. Yeah. And I think that's been the hardest thing as well. It's like I've, even in this personal thing, you know, I had a, I'll just say I had a divorce at yeah. the beginning of the year. That's, that was heavy. And heavy. you told me the other week you didn't even know. Nah, like, I had no clue. You had no clue. And that was hard, and I had to dig deep internally. Yeah. Um, and I had to dig so deep, the most more digging I've ever done in my life, because I had to come up, I still had to show up 
first and foremost for myself mm. to prove that I wasn't a victim. And then secondly, for my children, that yep. I was a father and I wanted to be an absolute pillar. And then obviously the business as well. Mm. And it's like I really wanted to almost be proof to people that no matter what curveballs are throwing us at in life, you can still come out of this better. Yep. You know, you can either, when problems, you're encountered with problems, you can either come out bitter or you come out better. Yeah. And I choose the latter. I, c I choose to come out better. Yep. And I, I truly believe in every regard that bad when bad things happen to us the absolute gifts wrapped up in disguise so um so that's been that's been a real challenge but now honestly first time in probably 10 years where i'm super passionate revitalized re-energized about mm. the work that i do and it's so cool even like working alongside you know young people like yourself and you're hungry and i see yep. like this 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 me young <laughs> v and you and the others and and i'm learning from like you know the pauls and the ricks and the yeah, Nicks yeah. And, you know, all these other guys, experienced guys as well. It's just this amazing, amazing feel. Yeah. I think we're truly, truly blessed, you know, and I, this wasn't created by accident mm. or luck. I think we had to work really, really hard to create this. And um, I'm glad that we did because it's like, you can probably agree, it's, it's pretty special. It's pretty, pretty special, amazing. yeah, 100%. Um, it probably comes down to as well, not just yourself, but when you're looking to hire leaders within the team, you want them to have similar values to you, similar lifestyles, similar routines. So they're the sure. same thing. They're coming in, they're showing up in a good mood, healthy, happy, yeah. setting a tone for their own teams within the office. Yeah, I agree, man. I agree. And then different as well. Yeah. You know, somebody that brings a different flavor and a bit of a different vibe yeah. to the office, I think is so, so healthy as well. Something that keeps me on my, my toes as well. Because uh, I think that when you're uncomfortable, that's when you grow. And if people were like, oh, he's got, you know, his, his leadership skills or his analytical thinking and problem solving skills and the way he uses numbers or whatever is significantly better than me. Mm. Like, I love that, man. I yeah. love getting people that are like far stronger than me <laughs> yeah. in certain things. It's um, important. It yeah. makes me, when you're uncomfortable, you're growing. Yeah, exactly. And then you can also catch up to that level definitely grow yourself yeah and then you they, you just vibe off each other yeah on the topic of new hires um, we had a question on our recent ask me anything post uh, this one's from Oscar William and he asks would you prefer to hire a university graduate or someone with three plus years of experience um, it just depends right like we just hired Judd yeah um, <clears throat> he came in as an intern as a designer just to kind of help me and Amanda out in the design team and um, he wasn't even, he didn't even finish his degree. Mm. And, uh, and the dude was a weapon, man. Yeah. And he was hungry. Honestly. He had just insatiable hunger. He believed in the brand and the values. Uh, he saw the opportunities. You know, I kind of gave him a, you know, if you give any plant some fertilizer, some sunshine, some water, you know, if they're willing and if they've got them, they're going to grow. Yeah. And uh, he had it in him. And, so to answer your question, who was it, Oscar? Oscar. Oscar, to answer your question, Oscar, is, um, yeah, like there's no real rule of thumb. Obviously, if you're having like a very, if you want a very experienced role, if you require yep. that within the business, then yeah, go get the experience. Because yep. there's no real teaching involved, really. All yeah. they're basically doing is adapting to the I Love Ugly ways of doing things. Yep. And we had that with our new merchandise director, Paul. Uh, he came in wealth of experience more older than me more experienced than me and he's just added like that real backbone to the business and then you got the judd not even finished his university degree and he's an absolute weapon and he yeah. got a you know he's a junior designer and he yeah. works underneath 
you know, for the women's wear and the men's wear, he works underneath that, he's an absolute weapon. Yeah. Uh, you know, even yourself, you know, you were just, you had the attitude, you had the hunger, you had that tenacity, you you wanted it, and mm -hmm. you had, now you're the brand manager. Yeah. You know, and you were, um, you get opportunities with New Balance and whatnot, but you pick <laughs> high value. Yeah. And uh, so there's no rule of thumb, I think it all comes down to the person, and it comes down to how badly you want it. Yeah. And, um, and just, just, just go for it, you know what I mean? I think gone are the days now where for certain, for certain roles, obviously you don't want a doctor performing brain <laughs> surgery on you when he doesn't have a degree, but you know, I think like as a, you know, almost as a whole, like that whole notion of like needing a degree to get a job has is, is changed. It's old school, man. <clears throat> it's real old school, like um, super old school, yet it still baffles me like, you know, even my daughter, she's 14, like so many of her friends are just still that same narrative go yeah. to uni uni is a business yeah yeah, yeah. they are a major business yeah. i think the the biggest one of the biggest assets on the american u.s government's balance sheet is student loan debt wow that's a serious business yeah people want you to follow that old school narrative of needing to get a university degree to get a job those are those days are gone i reckon yeah you know i i believe anyway yeah, yeah. in not all respects but for a lot of stuff, what people want to do in this day and age, you don't need a degree. <laughs> yeah, 100%. And I reckon this generation were raised, like a lot of parents raising my generation felt the same way as you do, but then you have the other half, which is still really old school. Yeah. Um, with this next generation, you're like my generation of parents, do you reckon they're gonna be um, completely new school or do you reckon there's still gonna be some people my age vouching for university yeah, in a well, traditional path? I'd say as a whole still, but what, what you and me are talking about now, like probably 5%, maybe 5%, I don't know, Some I'm just making up some arbitrary <laughs> number, but <clears throat> a very low percentage of people believe, like think this way. Yeah. Still, I'd say the the masses still believe into the conventional way of rising up the ladder of life. Yeah. You need a degree and this and that. Yeah. Um, I don't believe it. Yeah. I just, I honestly don't believe it. I'm a living proof of it. I 100%. went to university. Yeah. Um, I absolutely hated it. Only reason I stuck around was because of a girl. Yeah. Um, I did, you know, I got out of it. I thought that a job would just be basically like there waiting for me. How mm. long was I? I had to work at a bank. I had to sweep floors. I had to um, work as a warehouse manager, like in the warehouse picker, warehouse manager, and then I just hustled hard. Yeah. I learned everything I know today about business and marketing and finance and everything yeah. through experience and through self-education, through YouTube, through books, through courses. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously shadowing and learning from other people. Yeah. And um, and so I'm a living proof and testament. And I was, I sucked at school. My grades sucked, <laughs> even in design, because I had to follow this bullshit yeah. curriculum. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I don't want to spend six months justifying why I made this picture purple. Mm. <laughs> I just want to do the stuff, put it out there, get the feedback from the market and adjust. Yeah. And that's real life. Yeah. I think there's a huge disconnect with what they teach at school and what's actually real life. Yeah. And um, and I think it's a shame, you know? Example ideas, at, at school you're taught to not copy, not share ideas, yeah. not ask for help. Yeah. But if you had that attitude in life, you'd be outcasted if you had that, you know? I get ang I get pissed off at people when they're snowed under and they don't ask for help. Yeah. It's like, ask for help. Yeah. Yeah, there's nothing wrong, there's no shame in asking for help. For I sure. actually think it's a sign of strength. Yeah. So there's all these flawed philosophies and principles that we're taught, yeah. taught in an early age that in real life don't apply. Yeah, these narratives that are just drilled into us. 
Definitely. And I think it's important to know that you actually did go to university, but then nothing was handed to you because you went to university. You got to come out the other side and realize that and then pursue your own path. And I can actually testify to that as well because I didn't go to university either. Um, oh, didn't you? Wow. No, I didn't want the debt. I didn't, yeah. want, I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I went straight into the workforce. Yeah. And, um, you know, I Love Ugly was a brand that took me on simply because they saw something within me. Yeah. And I've seen that in the hiring process as well. You guys look a lot at mindset. And I think that um, that says a lot about the business. Yeah, I agree, man. Um, yeah, that's awesome, bro. I didn't actually know, didn't actually know that. Yeah, it's all, uh, it's, I think mindset is a massive part of it. Like if you've got two people side by side <clears throat> and uh, one person's significantly more skilled and experienced, but are not going to fit culturally yeah. or they don't really get what we're trying to do, it's never the right person. Yeah. Sometimes we've picked that person and it basically, it never works out long term. Yeah, because the thing is, it's like we're such a fluid, adaptive, non-conventional type business and yeah. brand maybe that's a reflection of my personality yeah i think and it is yeah it probably <laughs> is and um so that that real stagnant just this is the way we do it this is the way i've done it type attitude doesn't really doesn't really last long yeah and unfortunately like you know a lot of people become institutionalized with the way things have been done in education like there's one i can't remember who it was but they were telling me what they're teaching in uni and uh and she was i think she was at isle of ugly and learning about Isle of Ugly at uni, but what wow. we were doing, say, three, four years ago. Yeah. Um, that's three, four years ago. Yeah. Look how the world's changed in the last They're 12 behind. months. It's so behind. Yeah. And you're paying flipping 5,000 bucks, 7,000 bucks a year to learn that. Yeah. You yeah. could learn that from this podcast or <laughs> from YouTube for free. Literally, yeah. Actually, and it's like, just because it's on, a, on YouTube or it's on a podcast does not mean that it lacks the credentials uh, of, you know, of, of say like learning it in a, in a lecture room. Yeah, yeah. if anything, I, I think it's more, um, it's got more credentials, especially if you look at the classic stuff, the stuff that's tried and true, you know, like amazing books, like how to win friends and influence people. 100%. Um, you know, just these, yeah. the stuff that has helped so many successful leaders. Yeah, Warren Buffett said he brought the course that um, Dale Carnegie, the how to win friends. And uh, it was like $50 course, yep. the best investments he ever made. He's That's the richest right. man in the world, yeah. wealthiest man in the world. Yeah, one of his <coughs> other favorite quotes is the first rule of investing is never lose money oh, or yeah. something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And second rule is follow rule one. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so good, man. So, and those guys are just so much wisdom and they've yep. got so much content out there. Yeah. And just absorb it. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like that thinking week that I had, it's like, that pays dividends for the rest of your life. 100%. Emotionally, spiritually, financially, through friendships, through your health. If you can just read and absorb this information, yep. which is free to us, library card is free, yep. you know, a Kindle is $5, yep. Audible, you sign up, you get one free audio book a month. Exactly. Like, man, it's free. Yep. So it's not resource that's the problem, it's your resourcefulness and actual hunger to want to learn yeah. and absorb and apply and fail and learn yeah, and yeah. adapt, you know? Exactly. So, Now I do love this direction we're going in, but I just want to touch on something for my own personal curiosity. Um, earlier this year we moved to a new office and warehouse. How would you say it compares to the last place, but more importantly, how does it compare to your first distribution center, your bedroom closet? <laughs> Oh, it's a massive step up and you could probably see that on my Instagram or whatever, you know, it's like yeah. a thousand plus square meters. 
uh, which is what, 10,000 square feet? It's huge. <laughs> it's huge, it's huge, you know, and it was pretty scary when we got it, but um, I think it's testament to, um, testament to kind of everything I say is like, you, in order to, to grow, you need to take, you need to feel uncomfortable, and I f we felt, you know, Nick and I felt a little bit uncomfortable, but yep. deep down we intuitively knew in our, in our kind of hearts and souls that it was, uh, it was the right thing to do. Yep. So I think what it's done is it's like established ourselves um, as this is this is the new ILU. And yeah. I remember the first day we all came into this building yeah. and I gave that speech about, you know, it wasn't so long ago, over a decade ago, that the warehouse was under my bed yeah. and my desk was on top of my bed. Yeah. And um, for, for the people that are new that have come into the business, it's easy to think that this, to take it for granted, mm. um, that this was just always here and we're just a business, a big business. But yeah. Man, the grip, the despair, the heartaches, the uncertainty, the anxiety, the near death and near bankruptcy type experiences, the failures that we had to do in order to get to this yeah. point, those are real. For real. Uh, those yeah. were real. And I think that this building just is a is a physical representation of like, you know, if you think big and you, f you visualize in your mind, this is just a manifestation of that, of that thinking. Yeah. So I wasn't you know, I always say don't focus on what's what's pretty and looks fancy, mm. fancy. focus on what's mo most important. This was important, but it also looks looks fancy. It looks fancy, that helps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it looks great, you know, and it's and, and, and it's cool and we've got some clever things and we've got a lot of room for growth within yep. here. And I think one of the most disruptive things to a growing business is needing to change warehouses all mm. the time. I'm friends with, uh, you know, good friends with a like, very successful businessman and he's like, you know, always try to, when you get your warehouse, try to think, if you can manage it four or five years because yeah. it is disruptive like even, even when we did move from our previous warehouse in central Auckland to, to west Auckland like you got two three weeks of, of disruption yeah 100%. And you have to shut down dispatch for a week and yeah you know a whole bunch of things like that and you don't want a, a customer over in New York doesn't give a shit about what's going on here no. he just wants his product yeah exactly three days after he got it so um so yeah that's been really good and and then I actually had a lot of kind of humbling moments when mm. I and I had to reflect back to where I where I was 12 13 14 years ago yep. where I started and you know putting swing tags on t-shirts yeah three four in the morning after I bathed my daughter and worked at the bank for wow. 12 hours or whatever it is and uh to, to where we are now and I think it's so important to reflect back on where you were where you came yeah and just have that gratitude as well yeah and never ever ever take anything for granted yeah and I think that um you know, when I got when I got sick, even with COVID, you know, it's like I wasn't too sick, but you do reflect, and mm. you know, when you're healthy, you worry about a million things, and when you're sick, you only worry about one thing, which is getting better. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, a lot of a, a lot of growth and a lot of shifts, and yeah, a lot of uh, yeah, it's cool, and it's also cool to to share that experience and with with the team, and it's so cool that you know I can share these stories with you guys, and yeah. so it really resonates with you guys as well. 100%, um, 14 <coughs> years ago when you were starting Out of Ugly, how different would you say the vision that you had back then is to what the reality of the brand is today? So different, man. Yeah. And I think that um, back then, all I wanted to do was just, what did I want? I just wanted to survive or mm. quote unquote, crack it or make it big. Yeah. But I didn't actually specifically know what that meant. I just wanted to make it, and probably by make it meant that I wanted, well, I wanted this to be able to put food on my table and yeah. for this to be my full-time gig. Yeah. And it's, it's, I've done that, I've achieved that. I've, I've, you know, I'm in a position now 
with the brand and it's beyond what I fathom could fathom yeah that, you know the over 10 years ago that's crazy it's beyond and and the cool thing is you know we just released an article on goal setting mm. and like setting goals is one of the most potently powerful things that an individual can do for their own personal growth um and i i you know i'm now setting the next the next lot of goals yeah Nice. rewriting the next chapter and it's, yep. it's cool man it's 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 really cool yeah yeah each time do you do that do you try to make your vision just a little bit unrealistic so you shoot for the moon definitely yeah so i i kind of started sorry to interrupt so you, you kind of the way to do it and i kind of go a little bit more in depth in the article is like set a whole bunch of like smaller goals mm-hmm. like um you know run a half marathon lose some body fat percentage, read X amount of books per mm-hmm. month, um, you know, wake up so I'm feeling, you know, really empowered and whatnot, and just yeah. little things like that. Achievable, you know? yeah. And then, and, then, and set the big audacious goals, yeah. you know, and set them in the different areas of your life, business. Yeah. It's like, you know, I want to do, uh, in the next two years, you know, I want to have 40, 40 mil, 40, 50 mil kind yeah. of thing. Um, and it's like, oof, okay, <laughs> that kind of shook, how, how am I going to do that? Yeah. You know, and you kind of figure that afterwards. And what, it, what you end up doing is you start expanding your thinking, expanding your consciousness, and yeah. you start expanding your vision, and you start changing the way you behave. Like a muscle. Start, yeah, it's a muscle, and the way you start making decisions, and you start activating as part of your brain, brain called the reticular activated system, which is a part of your brain where... Um, you start noticing things. So say, for example, you get a new car, like a blue Corolla, and you start yep. seeing them everywhere. They're always there, but you begin noticing them because yep. you've told your brain, and your brain thinks it's important. The same as, thing, same as with goals yep. and, and vision. It's like, set your vision, set it high. Because the thing is, it's like you don't always hit it, but the thing is, if you set it high and you miss it by however, five mil or even 10 mil, yep. and you're aiming for 30, 45, but you hit 35, that's pretty phenomenal. Yeah, it's huge. But imagine if you didn't have that goal, you're just like, whatever is, will be, whatever will be, will yep. be. Um, you're just basically swaying with the ebbs and flow of life and you yep. get knocked around. And, and I think that when you do get the knock around, like in the last two years, you know, we all got the knock around. It was a vision that pulled us through mm. and it just made me stay, get all, everybody stay back on track. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So aside from um, goal setting, what would you say is the biggest mindset shift that has to take place from doing Isle of Ugly to make a living to having these lofty goals like 40, 50 million dollars? Biggest mindset shift is like, I think money is fantastic and it's, uh, put it this way, it's better, like, you know, Isle of Ugly is a eight figure plus business now. Yeah. Like, yeah, we're, we're, we're a big business. Yeah. And it's 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 amazing. It's cool. Yeah. But it's not really the money. It's a cool thing. Like yeah. it is a really cool side effect. But it's who you need to become and what you need to become and the skills you need to acquire yeah. and the people 100%. that you need to hire and yeah. train up and that come with that. Yeah. And that's a real amazing mindset shift. And it's also it's not what you can do by yourself. But it's just like who you actually need to come along with a ride yeah, to yeah. achieve that goal and figuring out what their personal goals are and trying to amalgamate your goal with their goal. Yeah. That's a real cool thing. It's a real yeah. mindset shift as well. I think like having constant gratitude along the way as well mm. is um, I never used to give a shit about anything. Just 
you take everything for granted. But now, you know, I'm kind of 30, 36 years old. Like, I'm starting to actually be appreciative that my heart ticks. Yeah. And yeah. Um, and I'm alive, and I can run, and yeah. I can talk, and I can, you know, my brain's functioning. Like, yeah. that's a real that gratitude thing. I know it sounds kind of cheesy, but no, it makes sense. Man, once you start be- being grateful for the small things. If you're not grateful for the small things, you're definitely not going to be grateful for the big things. Yeah. But I think if you're grateful for the small things, and we're, we're surrounded by these small gifts, and if you can start to see those and breathe those and absorb those on a mm. daily basis, man, you're a rich, wealthy man, yeah. despite how many zeros in your bank account. Yeah. Um, and that's what I'm really starting to practice yeah. and trying to live and breathe that on a, on a daily basis. And it's cool, man. It's, 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 it's really cool. Really yeah, gratefulness refreshing. is so important. Do you ever find yourself journaling about what you're grateful for? Definitely, man. I journal pretty much every day, sometimes twice a day. Wow. And that's when, um, yeah, I don't really want to talk about it, but when I was going through the divorce, yeah. I, had to, I had to journal. You have to, yeah. Um, and then the thing is, it started to make me start appreciating, like, man, my kids so much more. Like, honest, honest to God, like, thankful for, like, all my staff, yeah. you know, you yeah. guys are like family and you know that, it's yeah. like, because um, the thing is, is like, I could have quite easily have not found you or not found this person or that person. Um, so I'm grateful for that. Um, but yeah, journaling is a massive, massively powerful thing. And um, I go pretty intense, but people don't need to do that. Um, but even like spending two minutes, five minutes of just like listing what you're grateful for, yeah. could be through things everybody has the time to list three things which I'm grateful for and it has a profound effect on, on, on your life and your day and even the way you sleep and rest and yeah. approach the day as well. That's so powerful. Um, just back to what you were saying about the staff and the people that you had to uh, get into the company, the people you had to attract. I'm really reading a really great book right now called The 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership Oh, cool! and uh, one of them is the law of magnetism and it speaks about how you have to become who you want to attract, whether that's in business, relationships, and life. Definitely. Would man. you say it's true? 100%. 100%. It's like you, if you want to, you know, if you want to attract a certain type of girl, yeah. you need to be a certain type of person. Yeah, exactly. If you want to be, attract a certain pers- type of person that wants to work for you, you have to be a certain type of person. Yeah. Um, if you want to, you know, have players sign up to your team or whatever, um, then you have to be a certain type of coach. Yeah, exactly. If you wanna, if you wanna be a champion, say UFC fighter or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you need to be a certain type of person. Yeah, You're not yeah. gonna give it to a to an idiot. Yeah. You know that opportunity to an idiot because it's a it's an amazing fan. But yeah, I I agree. It's yeah. cool that you're reading it. I think it says a lot about you just looking at the value of our team and it reflects back on you. You know, you had to become that type of person to attract all these really great, hardworking people. And um, yeah, it's just great to see that play out in real life after reading it in a book. Yeah, it's cool, man. And I think it's, it's amazing. You're constantly sharpening the, the pencil, you know? And Always. Yeah. Um, in the context of, uh, you know, just I Love Ugly as a whole, uh, we did announce something pretty exciting earlier this year. Uh, that would be the introduction of women's wear. Now, I do remember one of your goals from a way back podcast being that you wanted to get every single man <laughs> on the world wearing I Love Ugly. Is that what I said? Yeah. <laughs> would, would you say that one of your new goals is to get everyone in the world wearing I Love Ugly? Yeah, I don't know if uh, everyone's uh, achievable, but aim for, the, aim for the stars, get to the moon, right? Yeah. But yeah, I think that um, 
yeah, women's wear is like a massive, it's a massive shift and we're treating it extremely seriously. And I think that it's also a natural shift for us as well. Uh, a lot of people don't know, but when I first started ILU, when I had my first multi-brand shop, we actually did dabble into women's wear and it was mm. quite natural. It was just like t-shirts and stuff, but yeah. and like different cuts. But people probably would have noticed in the last 12 months, we've actually started getting a lot more women model wear stuff, yeah. the men's wear yeah. stuff and trying to kind of convey the whole unisex thing and what it would look like. Yeah. And that was kind of us dipping our toe into it and just experimenting and seeing how, you know, how people basically respond, how the audience responds. Yeah. As a result of that, we probably had a massive uplift in female sales coming in, not Huge. even for their partners or for yeah. their husbands, but for themselves. And I think that the natural next progression of that is actually doing a you know, a proper women's wear collection. Yeah. So that launches in November of yeah. this year. Yeah. And uh, we've been working real hard. Amanda's been working really hard. And uh, I'm excited about it. I think also it's like I Love Ugly, it's not exclusive to males. Mm. I Love Ugly is a mindset. Yeah. And it's a way of living and thinking and behaving and living your life. Yeah. And I think that can translate to any sex. I think it can translate to almost any type of product. Yeah. You know, we do art prints and they're successful. We do diaries, we do lighters, yeah. we do, you know, we do we release articles, podcasts, all of it's successful because exactly. we yeah. attract a certain psychographic, a certain people that are attracted to our philosophy. Yeah. And I think that's what makes makes us appealing to a lot of people is the fact that we're not just clothing. We're a whole mindset. Yeah. The clothing is basically just like an embodiment embodiment of that mindset so they can wear and something practical. And I think for women's wear is no different to it. I think we're going to hit a gap in the market and we're going to hit it hard and I think it's going to be super exciting and I also reckon that women's wear will probably take over our men's wear in the wow. next, next probably 24 months, Whoa, I think so. That's yeah. bold. Yeah. Um, so you say we, we kind of just started using females in our editorial shoots, we started having an uplift of sales with females. How did you kind of get a gauge that that was a direction you wanted to go down? I think once again it's just their intuition. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, I was pestering Nick my business partner for probably two years yeah. about women's wear, women's wear, women's wow. wear. And uh, I just kind of knew and you know, when you when you know, you know, and I was yeah. kind of ready, but I, don't, I think from an operational perspective, we weren't ready. I, and what I mean by that is we were playing catch up, like we couldn't even meet the demand of our mm. men's wear, let alone, you know, rattling the cage too much by adding women's wear to the mix. Now yeah. we've, you know, we've got great people, our supply chains imp improved across the board, we've improved and, um, you know, we really kind of stabilized where we needed to be. And I think that the next, the next level to shake things up was, was women and women's wear. And um, yeah, we're ready. And I think it's going to be, it's going to be powerful, man. It's going to be huge. Yeah, it's going to be so great. excited. Yeah, nah, me too. It's great. Um, and you know, the people that we showed so far is, you know, they've loved it. Yeah. And I think that, I think that um, one of the number one requests we've got in the last probably five years was, are you doing women's wear? Yeah. And I think we were a little bit skeptical of doing it, thinking that we'd piss off our male customers. Mm -hmm. But what I really learned is that's just mindset. It's mm -hmm. your own mind getting in the way of what could be. And I think once we eliminated that and rephrased it to how can we make this work rather than will this work, different question, more empowering question yeah. and better solutions as a result of it. And I yeah. think that's what we really did. And uh, it's crazy as soon as we decided on it, we just went for it and now it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not even worried one bit about the, I think the repercussions is going to be only positive. Yeah. Yeah. Goes to show away like the quality 
of your life or business is determined by the quality of the questions you ask yourself. Definitely. Yeah. yeah 100%. It's yeah. awesome. I, I really want to open up the floor now to just some more uh, Ask Me Anything questions from yeah, the course cool. from earlier this week. Yeah, loving it, man. Um, Jay Body asks, how do you balance critique versus following your intuition? Um, yeah, it's a good question. I think that, I think that the, more, the more you stick at something and the better you get and the more hours you put into it, you start to really have a lot more faith in your yeah. own intuition. Mm. Um, critique is good, but sometimes I feel that people critique for the sake of critiquing. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, is like, you're better to follow your intuition, put it out there, see what happens, see what sticks, and then make the adjustments. Yeah. And I think that's, um, you know, a lot of people basically, for, for, uh, basically building something brand new off critique itself. Yeah. But it's the thing is, is like there's a huge difference between a critic and someone who actually purchased a product. And I think you're going to get the best criticism yeah. by putting a product out there and seeing what the purchaser has to say. If they buy it, yeah. that's the best form of criticism. I yeah. don't like it. Okay, you got to go back to the drawing board and do something else. If they buy it, cool. You've got something. You're on a winner. Mm -hmm. Now maybe ask them the question. Why did you buy it? Yeah. Or how could you make it better? Or what else do you want? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But there's no point getting to that point of critique, criticism until you actually put the product out there. And yeah. The market is the market. The market is the biggest and the best critique of your work, or of your product, or of your service. Yeah. Um, so the balance of it is basically it's intuition, and then it's discussion internally, and then you make a plan, and then you put it out there. Yeah. Like with women's wear, I have no idea like what's going to work or yeah. whatnot. I've got my intuition tells me it's going to be successful, mm -hmm. but how it's going to be successful, why it's going to be successful, what am I going to like? I actually have no idea. Like yeah. we have some some idea, yeah, but we actually have no idea. <laughs> yeah, and um, and you've seen that this year. Like there's been certain products that we've got mad faith in, and we think it's going to pop off, yeah. and it fails. And there's yeah. something that you think will do okay and then you sell 1,500 pairs in 12 hours. Yeah, you're like, exactly. whoa, okay, did not expect that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, and you just adapt. So yeah, hopefully that answers that question. What I notice consistently with you though as well is like, you always let the market decide. You never get too attached to a piece of clothing or a piece of artwork if the market's decided they've no longer liked it. You know, like you look at one of our most iconic pants, it's one of the ones that made out of ugly famous, the Zespi pant. Like we could have gotten really emotional when sales started dipping into that and just clung on to it, kept it as our best uh, product. But you guys innovated, you came up with new pants silhouettes. Totally, man. Yeah, the market is the market, right? Yeah, yeah, It's yeah. the biggest critique, so. And um, yeah, and even, that's funny you brought that up. Because um, yeah, that's why we're here today, because of that pant. Yeah. And that was purely intuition. Um, it was like, I got an idea. <clears throat> I had faith in the idea. Yeah. I put the idea out. And it, and it and it worked, you yeah. know. But then there was a lot of criticism about people couldn't walk upstairs. Yeah, that's right. Um, so then we had to basically add some stretch, and yeah. it, and then it was like the fat, the the crotch keep blowing out. So we had to reinforce the crotch, yeah. and then they were too expensive. So we had to basically go to China and basically get the quality better yeah. and get the price point down. And then it was like you're not enough colors. And then <laughs> it was like you know what I mean. Yeah, on yeah, and on yeah. it goes, and then. And then it was like, oh, I like the old fabric. And then, yeah. you know, yeah. it's like, why don't you do this in denim? Yeah. And I think that's a prime example of like, 
starting off with your intuition yep. and then basically uh, once you put the product or whatever out there, then getting a feedback, criticism yeah. and then adapting and always listen as well. Yeah. Like um, customers have so much insight. However, if you listen to only what the customer says, it's like what Henry Ford says, it's like if you listen to the customer, they would have just asked for a faster horse. Yeah, yeah you know what exactly. I mean? and, I think, um, and I think for us as well, it's like one error on the customers on the ground and another error on like, okay, internal, your internal dialogue and what yeah. you think is right. Yeah. And take risks, be bold, don't be scared, don't be conventional, don't, you know, don't just play it safe. Because I think playing yeah. it safe is, is, it's good when it's good, but it, when it turns, it's like you're in a, it's doomsday. Yeah. It's funny you bring up that uh, people were complaining that you couldn't walk up the stairs in ZSPs because I remember a bit of your philosophy saying make your mess your message. Yeah. You guys put out a video literally just making fun of the fact that you couldn't walk up stairs in ZSPs sure. and it did great. Yeah, totally bro. It, um, yeah, people loved it. Bit was of comedy, that you know? Following your intuition a bit? Hell yeah, it's all intuition, eh? Yeah. 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 And the more, and that's why I'm such a believer in like say meditation and quietening the inner voice within yourself because mm -hmm. The more you can uh, quieten that that voice of the naysayers and just the noise, the more you get in touch with your intuition, and I think you make better decisions. Yeah, yeah, and you tap into this like inner frequency, this inner power. It sounds kind of like spiritual, but man, it's 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 powerful. Yeah, it's real. Yeah. Kanye West talks a lot about this stuff. Yeah, yeah, you know, amidst all the other crappy stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was a great documentary, by the way. Yeah, genius, oh, it's amazing, man. And he's a prime example of like, you know like we're going a little bit, deviating a little bit here, but you look at him now and you just assume that he was lucky. Yeah. You assume that he had things gifted to him. You assume that, you know, straight away it's Kanye West open doors. Man, that dude, like, he tore, busted the door down. He was he hungry, was man. Like, people would have thought yeah. he was crazy was, if you see the yeah. beginning of his journey. Like, yeah, bro, it's like, it was, it was incredible, man. Yeah. Super inspiring, and I think that he's, that documentary and his rise to the top is just a representation of everybody yeah. that's at the top. Yeah. yeah, Very rarely, very few people get to the top purely based off talent or based off luck. Some people get lucky, but what? Probably 0.1%. Yeah. Um, the rest is like, is that. And if you haven't seen the doco, I'd, I'd recommend it. But it's like, yeah, that's a just a, an amazing representation of like the realness of starting at the bottom being hungry, trusting your gut and intuition, yeah. having a crazy work ethic and just keep on going and never quitting because yeah. you could have easily quit. Exactly, exactly. Um, now I'm sure some diehard IOU fans already know the answer to this question, but I still think it's something important to ask. Uh, Indigold asks, have you ever felt on the brink of giving up? And if so, what made you continue going in spite of all the odds stacked against you? Yeah, like many times felt like giving up. Yeah. Like many, in every, every aspect of my life mm. um, but just don't give up like I think sometimes you know sometimes and there's a few cases where you should you probably should give up right like um, I knew this person and she had a business and it'd been like three years of this service and she'd borrowed heaps of money and sunk heaps of money and she hadn't even got a client yeah it's like maybe you should contextual give up. Yeah. yeah but I think if you've got if it's working um, and you've got stuff and there'll be moments where it's not working or something's not working yeah. or whatever, just don't give up, man. Yeah. Yeah, keep following, keep having faith yeah. in yourself and 
um, keep reminding yourself the reason why you started this thing. Yeah. And also know that giving up or wanting to give up is 100% natural and 100% part of the process. Yeah. And every single person, successful person or business or whatever athlete at one point in time wanted to give up. Mm. But I think that if you basically triumph through that and rise above that, that's like, that's massive growth happens from that. Yeah. Yeah. And you find, you get your breakthrough, you find your way, you figure out the answer and you keep going. And um, how, like the moments when I did want to give up, I just basically just had this like faith and just as I said in the article, I just wrote little goals. Yeah. My goal is to get through this day, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My goal is to um, like sleep good tonight. Um, so I wake up refreshed in the morning and tomorrow is a new day or yeah. sometimes it's like, man, you're having a bad day, just call it, just call it, just go home and yeah. go for a run, change your physiology. And that's one thing as well. It's like when you're feeling really shit, you're in a very disempowered state and the best way to get out of that shitty frame of mind is changing your physiology. Yeah. And this is what I learned to t Tony Robbins and there's <coughs> so many ways you can do it. A lot of people do it with drugs and alcohol. Yeah. It's a bad way to do it. <coughs> Excuse me. Best way to do it is have a cold shower, go for a run, do some breathing. Cold showers, yeah. that's it. It's amazing, man. Do some push-ups. Yeah. Go get out of the office for half an hour. Yeah. Um, chuck on some music, do some incantations, mm -hmm. um, put some empowering podcasts on. Like, mm -hmm. there's so many, there's a million ways to do it. You can Google how to change my physiology. Yeah. Just don't use drugs and alcohol. And I basically just did that. So when I wanted to quit and how I got out of it, it wasn't a single strategy. It was a number of different strategies. Practice every single day. Yeah. And, um, and a lot of it sometimes sucks. And there was moments where I wanted to quit so bad. And, uh, you know, I had, I was above, up to my neck in debt. Yeah. And creditors calling and liquidators telling to, you know, telling me to quit it. And banks trying to foreclose me and people leaving and creditors and this and that. And, articles coming out about all this bullshit yeah um and i like basically went into the shelves of in the warehouse and like had to sleep wow and I had to shut down you know wow. and i was like you wanted to cry but yeah. i just never quit like every single night i'd come home i'd go for a walk and i'd just do these incantations like i'm yeah. in control of my body i'm in control of my mind i'm in control of a situation yeah write down the goals and achieve something real small and be around good people that uplift you. Mm. Don't be around people that are just, you know, saying, oh, take care of yourself, close it in. Like, yeah. uh, they're good in some sense, but generally, nah, I think just stay away from those types of people and just, yeah, there's like, there's so much good material on this. There's not one silver bullet. There's a lot of yeah. good strategies. Just, just do it and just yeah. don't quit. Like, yeah. Do you think you had just like some previous knowledge when you went through those phases that like, I know if I continue going, I'll come out through the other side okay? I think it was just faith, man. Yeah. Like, and faith is this like invisible force within you. I'm not talking about faith in a religious sense. Um, I'm talking, although the Bible and a lot of those religions do mention faith a yeah. lot. I'm talking about like this internal belief yeah, it's going to work out. Yeah. Even though you can't see it, taste it, or feel it right now, yeah. you just know it. You've got this deep kind of knowledge within you that it's gonna it's gonna work out. Yeah. And um, and honestly, man, like that's what I said earlier in the conversation. Human beings are just amazing survival creatures mm. that figure out ways to do things, and we constantly evolve, and we're so innovative and just crazy. We're we're our intelligence is beyond our comprehension and 
you know, what you're trying to figure out, many people have done it before and yeah. the answers are yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. The answers are all there. You just <coughs> gotta be willing to seek it out, seek them out and apply them. And, um, and it just baffles me that you know, I see people that are wanting to do something or lose weight or start a successful business or this or that, but they just basically, they're trying to succeed based off what they know. Yeah. But obvi it's obvious that what you know isn't serving you very well, otherwise you wouldn't be in the position you're in now. Yeah, exactly. Seek it out from other people or other places. And I'm constantly seeking out, constantly. Yeah. Like you gotta, you gotta be 1% better every day. Yeah. You gotta be going to bed and have learned one thing or have done one thing that you did better than the day before. Yeah. If you don't do it, you're actually starting to go backwards. When you're constantly green, you're always gonna grow. When you're stagnant, you rot yeah you know when you don't move you rot you're going backwards so i think it's important that we stay as green as possible that's why when people retire a lot of them die after a few years yeah because they're stagnant and they rot and they die yeah you know there's only fucking how many cocktails you can drink on the yeah, beach that's right um you've got to be stimulated and that's why it's so important being stimulated and doing something that you love as well it always baffles me people that are doing stuff that they hate there's periods when you do something that you love, there's always going to be periods within that that you hate it. Yeah. But so long as you're doing what you love, if you put aside all those current problems today and you ask yourself, do I love this? Yeah, I love it. Mm. Yeah, it kind of helps you get through those shitty kind of moments. Yeah. Um, but a lot of people are just working jobs they hate purely for a paycheck. Yeah, and, sad. Um, it's sad, man. You're basically burying your own grave. And, yeah. And I get it. Like, we do have obligations <coughs> and this and that. Um, I 100% get it, but the thing is, is like life is also very short as well, and yeah. you're not going to be on your deathbed when you're. You know, I already decided I'm going to live to over 100 when I'm 105. Yeah, and, um, <laughs> and wishing, you know, if I if I'd lived a shitty life or whatever, wishing that I'd spent more time. I bet you, you would have wished that you did stuff that actually made you happy and yeah, fulfilled. So exactly, I try to remind myself of that all the yeah. time. No, it's beautiful, man. It's beautiful. Um, now we're both big readers, but I think you probably read the most books out of anyone <laughs> I've ever met. Um, we have Stephen Zhao who asks, what book has impacted you the most in your life? Shit. Um, I've probably got like a stack of books, but what's impacted me the most in the last six months was a book called, this guy called Ed Milet. It's called The Power of One More. Mm -hmm. It's a great book. Um, like I'd recommend that. Like the dude's a bit cheesy, but his content is phenomenal. Okay. Uh, there's another one called Conversations with God. And um, that was pretty amazing, like real eye-opening as well. Yeah. It just kind of gave me a bit of a different perspective on spirituality. Um, so that was really good. Um, that Viktor Frankl, Man Search Man's for Social Meaning. Meaning, amazing yeah, book. You've yeah, you got that book on, yeah. your, on your desk I saw. That's really, really awesome. Um, he's actually like, even the Bible and Proverbs mm. and these little pockets of wisdom. Yeah. And once again, it's not really in a religious. Uh, yeah. Just ancient wisdom. Just ancient type. wisdom. Yeah. And in a lot of these books, these amazing personal help books that we read today are, are derived from yeah. a lot of these ancient books yeah. that were written thousands of years ago. Um, so there's that. Um, I'm reading, like, a lot of people don't like them, whatever, but the. Jordan Peterson, 12 Rules of Life and 12 More Rules of Life. How are those? Amazing, man. Yeah. 12 More Rules is phenomenal, but beyond order. Yeah. It's kind of like um, everything that I'm into, but 
just a far more in-depth intellectual I love when you more. find a book like that yeah and it's just like my brain's just like ping ping yeah. ping um, so there's that in the last six months but the most book profound book ever like I actually can't even answer that it's wow. not really one book it's a lot of books like I've yeah. got I've got I just, I just got my second bookshelf in my house yeah and um and and that's not even including all my audible books and my kindle books as well but like in, in terms of like the reading part like i go through seasons mm-hmm. and right now i'm just going for a, a learning season yep. where um i'm reinventing who i am and my life and who i want to be and um in order to do so i need new perspectives therefore i'm reading a lot of a lot of new books yeah and uh it's crazy man like you really notice yourself being different mm. when you start reading uh you're I think everybody has a moral obligation to become the best version of themselves in order to become the best version of yourselves you need to read yeah yeah because basically getting like being better based off who you are now and what you know now with no new perspectives is only going to get you so far yeah all the perspectives and where you are today is is from others wisdom and others experience whether you've consciously or subconsciously taken that on board yeah so i think books is a fantastic way to just expedite the process of where you want to get to yeah um and how you want to get there are you going to go see jordan peterson yeah 100 yeah. your go? tickets i haven't yeah. bought my tickets yet, yeah i'm going to book mine tonight it's actually on my list nice yeah <laughs> that's going to be awesome definitely going to go yeah that'd um, be, be awesome this one comes from saint blaze golf um, saint blaze golf <laughs> yeah for those of you who don't know uh you moved out of the big smoke of auckland to the west coast of piha a little while ago uh, St. Blaze asks, how has moving to Piha affected your creative process and just overall mindset? Oh, massively, man. Like, you've been to my house and yep. we've done a few campaigns there. And it's like, uh, I live, like, for those that don't know where Piha is outside of New Zealand, it's like this little small surf town, kind of quaint little surf town in West Auckland. And um, I kind of live on the top top part like more surrounded by bush and yeah, nature and whatnot totally surrounded by bush yeah and it's about 25 minutes from where the offices are today yeah and um it's like such a it's a polar opposite of us you know this is all concrete jungle but over there it's just like nature and bush and yeah. amazing birds and the elements and the ocean and the tracks and for my creative process <clears throat> well i think it's been amazing man because mm. it's like it allows me to switch off it allows me to like not be distracted i don't really have neighbors that i can see it's like pretty special yeah and it's a house i don't think i'd ever sell uh i'm probably i won't live there all my life but i'll never sell the house yeah. and um it's cool it's cool for my kids and stuff and just being by the ocean you know, yeah totally see you like a surf as well yeah yeah i've actually i want to get back into that but yeah. i think surfing is like an amazing to humble you and be, be a student again yeah. and be not good at something obviously yeah, i've sure. got a skate background so it's somewhat beneficial but um yeah being in piha has been amazing for my mindset for my creativity um yeah i try to i think it's important people try to make their home or their bedroom as beautiful as they can mm. and i'm not saying it has to be luxurious or whatever i'm just saying make it as beautiful as it can yeah yeah as you can afford yeah um as you as your however within your ability yeah. within your ability just make it clean and tidy and take Somewhere pride out of yeah so when you come home uh you're like oh yeah cool i feel yeah. good and honestly when you've got a tidy house you've got a tidy mind yeah 100%. and you approach your you approach your day so much differently compared to if it was messy yeah my next project would be kind of landscaping and 
getting all the outside all nice as nice, well. Nice. And I've got a little, you know, side business like a Airbnb business, Airbnb's. which is real cool as well. Yeah. Just to kind of have that experience. Um, but yeah, man, I love it, bro. I yeah. love it. It's How long have you been there for now? Three years in September. Yeah, There's awesome. a lot of characters out there. Yeah, as well. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's cool, man. Yeah. It's just like, but quite, yeah, it's cool, bro. I love yeah. it, eh? Good community? Yeah, it's a cool community. And yeah. I think it's just like, it's just a condensed version of a, like, say you live in a major city and you don't really talk to your neighbors and whatnot. Yeah. But in a smaller community, you do talk to your neighbors. Yeah, It's yeah, quite yeah. refreshing and old school in that sense. Yeah, that's nice. And I kind of love it. And um, yeah, some good, good people out there. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Walker says, I've been here since day dot and notice you've always ripped Cos, Steve Harrington, and many other artists before they've made it on the main stage. Who do you think is the next up and coming artist? Well, I appreciate the support since day dot. Um, yeah, like those guys were, I just, cause I'm an artist, like that's who I am. Yeah. Post Isle of Ugly, I'm gonna be an artist. I've got a massive art collection. Yeah. I always tell you that, there's always new art coming. Yeah, always. I've, I've run out of wall space. Um, my favorite artist at the moment is that Jason Jagal. Mm. Um, I've brought three of his pieces and he he's the doom stuff. Yeah, he does a lot of the doom and the Quasimodo and yeah. a lot of the stones for his stuff. I think he's dope and um, so I think he's on the up and coming. Uh, man, I'm discovering new artists on Instagram and stuff like when I'm on it. That's yeah. why I like going on it. Yeah, mainly to discover artists yeah. and just also trends. I don't use it for any other reason but for that stuff. Um, so if people DM me and I don't reply, excuse me. Yeah. Like I just <laughs> don't really check. But um, uh, yeah, so those guys, but yeah, that's, that's a guy I think he's, he's you know, probably beyond up and coming, but I really like his work. He's my favorite artist right now. How many Cle- Cleon Peterson, I really like. Cleon Peterson. Got a few of his pieces. Jagal, I've got three pieces. Yeah. I want to get an original. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's my name. That'll be my next purchase. But yeah, um, those guys. I love, uh, that's why I love kind of like, you know, I wanted to be an artist and whatnot, but it's hard to be an artist and have a lucrative career yeah. when you've got children. So exactly. basically, I Love Ugly was my art canvas and uses an opportunity to work with artists and put it on, on clothing. Yeah. And, um, and we do the art prints and stuff, would are really successful, but I'd love to, um, that's my, that'd be my dream, kind of post ILU, just be an artist for a year yeah. and paint and not really need to do it for money. Do a it non-starving purely. artist. Yeah, non-starving <laughs> artist. <laughs> no, that's yeah. great. Uh, I think this is a really great question to end this podcast on, a little bit light, a little bit fun. Um, Kevin Wright asks, if you could only wear one outfit made completely of Isle of Ugly garments, past and present, for the rest of your life, what ILU pieces would you take to the grave? <laughs> oh, shit. Um, so was it a whole outfit? Yeah, just pants, shirt, maybe a jacket. <sighs> yeah. At the moment, I wear the clean Sebastians. A lot, yeah. A lot. I just, that's just easy, man. Yeah, so um, easy. Yeah, so maybe those, but it's probably not a very attractive <laughs> outfit to wear to the grave. You're um, flashy. Yeah, honestly, like, I'm pretty non-flashy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. With what I wear. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just like the kind of more classic conservative stuff, and yeah. that's just where I'm at in my life. I, you know, I like... So you, you got know, the Dayton jacket on right now? Got the Dayton jacket on. Relaxed tea? Or? Relaxed tea, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and then just clean Sebastian's and some Nikes and um, 
Yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah. Clean and simple. Yeah, oh, I just like clean, it, man. clean and simple. I do have some pieces that I, I like, but I really like, but I may not necessarily wear. Yeah. But I see them more as like design and art. Like, you know, when we do those like Letterman jackets and a lot of the 10 year anniversary collection yeah, were sure. some real cool out there, buzzy pieces. Yeah. Um, and I, I really enjoy doing those. And I still think it's super cool that there's a customer that does as well. Because we've got, you know, we do have different types of customers. We've got the more conservative type ones. Yeah. That like something that's like clean, but different yeah. and classic. And then you've also got the ones that are like, you know, the real trend type yeah. stuff. Yeah. And then you've got the one that loves all the buzzy, arty kind of stuff. For and sure. That stuff's real fun to design. I always yeah. enjoy doing it. And we try to have that, you know, at least once a month, a couple times a month, we've got some of those pieces coming through. Yeah, importantly, yeah. you're always trying to create clothing for the individual themselves, create something for all these different types of customers. Definitely, and we kind of know internally who those types of customers are. Yeah. And that's why it was quite interesting with women's wear as well, it's like trying to define, but then it's like, well, we don't really know, we think we know, we've got some, we intuitively, intuitively think these are the types of, uh, of women, but we actually don't know, so let's yeah. just put it out let's there. Let's find out. Yeah, and just go from there. Yeah, just Sick. spray spray and pray. <laughs> Is there anything else you wanted to touch on today, bro? Nah, it's cool, man. You did a you did a great job, man. Thank awesome you. Awesome conversation. Yeah, it's for like sure. good to be back doing this and I think it's like I wanted to do it, you know? Because yeah. there was a period where I was doing this doing a podcast and it was hard and yeah. I think these are you exert a lot of energy doing these. Hundred um, percent. Because you're pouring yourself out there yeah. through words. And um yeah, it's just it's just nice to be doing this. You know, we've got we we want to do these as frequently as possible, yeah. more consistently. Yeah, more consistent. Rhythm. Yeah, and just give the audiences some value. I still love podcasts as a as a medium. Yeah, like listening to it. So for us to be contributing to that medium, and uh, you know, we were I think when we were first released the podcast, we were like number one on Apple for yeah. consecutive weeks, um, which is which is cool. We just so, had so many requests for the podcast to come back as well. Definitely. So I think that um, even to the listeners today, you know, if there's stuff that you want us to talk about or even if it's just you and me talking or whatever, yeah, uh, podcast guests or whatever, um, sing out because it's cool. Yeah. We're open ears. Enjoy, enjoy doing it, yeah. Sure. Well, I think that's a great place to end it. Uh, thanks so much, Fee. No worries, Really bro. appreciate you. Yeah. Thanks, thanks these dicks. Sure. Yeah, amazing. Thanks, guys. Nice. Thank you. Thank you everybody for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and found any type of value, please subscribe to our podcast, share with your friends, and give us a five-star review on iTunes and see you on the next episode.